Melissa Lockard with Alex Coffey from the Seamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. Well, after a good start to the season with a 3-1 series win over the Angels, the A's found themselves back at 500 after two straight losses to the Colorado Rockies. They now head out onto the road to face the Seattle Mariners for their first road trip of the season. And I think the story right now definitely has to be the struggle at the plate. Uh, the team's hitting only 207 through six games and has sort of not been able to come up with the big hits when it's mattered in the last couple of games, at least. Alex, what are your impressions so far? Just overall, how small the room for error is. I mean, we knew heading into a season of 60 games that the room for error was going to be incredibly small. But, you know, on a day when Ramon Laureano wasn't hitting like he previously had been, you know, he recorded one walk on Wednesday and then Matt Chapman didn't have another three hit day performance. You know, it really didn't seem like many of the A's batters stepped in their place and kind of stepped into that void aside from Robbie Grossman who recorded two hits on the day. So bats just still seem a little bit cold and, you know, you try not to overreact too, too much. But again, in a 60 game season, I think it kind of lends itself to <laughs> a little bit of overreaction. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I know that before the game, A's hitting coach Darren Bush was preaching patience and sort of talking about how, you know, the team in general, every single one of them wants to be hitting on all cylinders as the season starts. But even though the season is shorter, the process to ramping up to a season is, is pretty much the same. And so, you know, he talked a lot about timing and about how those things kind of come the more at-bats you have, and obviously they can't really avoid the fact that these at-bats are, are coming during the game. But the, the thing that struck me so much is how many pop-ups there's been over the last six games. I don't have the exact number, but it just seemed like there were a lot of pitches where they were just getting underneath them. And that, to me, strikes me as a, as a timing issue, which hopefully is one that resolves itself fairly quickly because they are seemingly swinging at the good pitches. It isn't a matter of pitch selection, but they're just not getting, you know, squaring up the ball like they should be. As you mentioned in um, talking to Darren Bush on Wednesday morning, he seemed pretty confident that it's a timing issue for a lot of these guys. So hopefully, you know, just getting more reps kind of mitigates that. But it'd be ideal if the bats kind of heated up pretty quickly here. It was sort of interesting, too, to see that Chris Davis was benched again on Wednesday, a second time already in, in six games. And, you know, obviously they can't have the longest leash with guys in this shortened season, but he also is going to be a very important part of their offense if they're going to have the kind of offense they hope to have. You know, the 0 for 15 start, the seven strikeouts, it certainly isn't something that looks particularly good. But he did hit a couple of balls hard on Monday. Um, and I guess the, the question is, how do you figure out how to reinsert him into the lineup where he can be successful without also continuing to have him in situations where like on Tuesday's game, you know, he was up with a lot of runners in scoring position and, you know, ended up stranding nine of them. I know that Darren Bush mentioned, you know, using the high velocity machine with him. And I remember Eric Martin's mentioning how well that had worked for Loriano and kind of keeping his eyes quick and his eyes sharp. So I guess that's the plan right now. Give him reps on that. And maybe that'll help his bat speed up a little bit, his reaction time speed up a little bit. But as far as the lineup goes, yeah, it's definitely a tricky position to be in and you don't want to put him in too high pressure of a situation. I mean, that was another theme that I kind of got from talking to Darren Wednesday morning was just, it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself when you haven't gotten your hit for the season yet. And I think that 
every day that goes by that Chris Davis hasn't recorded a hit, that pressure kind of mounts and mounts and mounts. So trying to reduce some of that pressure, I think, is an important thing for them to focus on with him right now. And one of the other things that I think was was really interesting about Wednesday's lineup was that a VML machine got the start at second base. And so, you know, now we're six games into the season and you've seen Chad Pinder get multiple starts at second, Tony Kemp get multiple starts at second, and now machine get a start at second. And there's Franklin Barreto is still only one at bat from an, an opening night pinch hitting appearance. It's tough to see how he can really integrate himself in any meaningful way into the playing rotation when he's not really getting any kind of consistent playing time. And in a lot of cases is really getting maybe only one pitch hit appearance a week. I kind of wonder at this point if if his potential long-term role with the team just isn't ever going to materialize. Yeah. I mean, initially I thought, you know, with Mateo being traded away that maybe this was the opportunity that he had been waiting for. But now that I think about it, you know, in a 60 game season, there just isn't as much rope for him to find himself at the plate. So yeah, I think that's a valid question to ask. I mean, it seemed like when Melvin was asked about it on Wednesday morning, I believe he didn't really have any answers there. So yeah, it's going to be tricky for them to find a consistent spot for him. And it seems like consistent at bats is what he really needs. Yeah, and I thought the other thing that was interesting when Melvin was asked about, you know, that second base position, and he mentioned the things that he thought made Machine so attractive to the A's, and he really emphasized uh, bat-to-ball contact and giving competitive at-bats, and I guess that maybe is the one thing that they haven't really seen from Franklin at the big league level on a consistent basis, is putting himself in a position to be able to succeed. He sort of ends up in an 0-2 count on almost every at-bat, and, you know, it's really hard to to make contact when you're down 0-2 before you even really get into it at bat. So, you know, I can see where their their focus is on that. But from a pure talent perspective, it's hard after seeing, you know, Franklin for, I don't know, five five years, I think now, and what he can do when he's on. uh, It'd be tough to see him go without really ever getting a chance to actually play regularly with the team. I feel like he often comes into spring training kind of playing really well and impressing and he has these winning everyone over in spring training and then it kind of starts to teeter out a little bit, which I'm guessing is probably product of the you know lack of at-bats, big league at-bats. It's definitely a conundrum and I hope that they figure out a way to pencil him in a little bit more than he's been penciled in as of now. The one probably good news out of the two-game series was that uh, Jesus Lazardo was able to come in in relief of Frankie Montas, and both pitchers actually looked pretty good uh, despite the 5-1 loss on Wednesday. He pitched almost a full four innings. If he had made a better throw to first base at the end of his fourth frame, he would have pitched a full four innings. Um, but you know his stuff, for a guy that, that really didn't get a whole lot of time in summer camp because he was on that COVID IL for a little while, his stuff couldn't really be crisper. I mean, he, he said the slider felt better after uh, his Wednesday outing than it had in his first outing, but I don't even know if you could really tell the difference. I mean, he's dotting corners with 97, 99 miles per hour, mixing in off speed. I love his pacing and the way that he changes the rhythm on the hitters. It can quick pitch them, can take a little extra time. And, and you know, he, he looks like a guy who's been pitching in the big leagues for 15 years when he's out there. Yeah. And he's a very efficient worker, which I deeply appreciate. He works very quickly. Yes. He's good and he works quickly. So it's the perfect combination. <laughs> Yeah, and you get good defense that way. And I should note also that I think the way that he worked with Sean Murphy behind the plate was really impressive in that game. He threw a lot of sliders in the dirt with runners on third base or, you know, in scoring position in general in that outing. And Murphy had to make a number of scoops.
scoops in the dirt. I think, by the way, Murphy would have an excellent second career as a first baseman <laughs> based on, on his glove work. But, you know, the, the trust that he can have and the time that he spent with Murphy in the minor leagues and building up that trust to be able to throw that, you know, back foot slider or um, try to get a hitter to chase uh, in the dirt to the outside corner of the plate, I think is going to be something that really works for him um, as he comes into the rotation for the first time and which should be in the next time through. Yeah, definitely. It seemed like they worked well together. And Lazardo, honestly, he just looks like a pro out there. He looked kind of confusing when you at first glance, you know, he's so young, he's got such a baby face, but the way he operates just kind of seems like he's a seasoned vet. Both of them, I think, you know, Murphy and Lazardo. So definitely good qualities to have. The A's get a well-deserved off day today on Thursday, and then they're back at it in Seattle on Friday at the start of their first road trip of the season, and they'll be looking to get themselves back over 500 and, and definitely back on track at the plate. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again next week.